Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the latest out podcast, the American football podcast. And just hang on a minute while I wipe a tear away. It's the last episode of Laces Out for this season. It's the Super Bowl roundup, people, the one we've all been waiting for. Find out what myself and my co-host Paul thought to Super Bowl 57. See what the highlights, the lowlights, and everything in between. We've got stats. And who won the predictions in the end? Find out shortly. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop reviews where you can drop reviews and share the podcast around. That's the main one. Tell people. Tell people you love the podcast. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast. Laces out. Recording in progress. I, I mean, we shared duties last week. Well, as it's as it's the last one for at least six months. End of August, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Beginning of September. So yeah, yeah. at least at least six months. Oh, yeah. Might as well do it again. Yes, it's the uh, it, it's the laces out podcast. It is indeed. It is indeed the laces out podcast presented uh, brought to you by the Cookie Cast Podcast Network, ladies and gentlemen. And it is our uh, Super Bowl wrap up show, and therefore our last. Last effort of the season, sadly. Uh, but what a what a what a game to go out on. One one question that will be uh, posed throughout this podcast is: Was it a the best game of American football, and was it b the best Super Bowl for quite some time? I'd, I'd, I'd say you could make an argument for that. It's probably the, uh, it was, I'd say comfortably the best Super Bowl since the Eagles were last in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it's impressive to say that both times have, that the both times have been in the last like five or so years. Um, they've got there as the as the number one seat, and um, both times have been well, quite quite soundly scored on, shall we say. Um, being the uh, the interesting sort of outcome, so to speak. But we'll get to that. In a kind of roundabout way, it's probably best for us to do the stats first and then discuss off the back of that, surely. Yeah, is it worth doing, I mean, in, in a weird way for anybody that didn't, completely catch it should we do the the winning team and the score uh well yeah to start so on, on last week's show we did our picks um so obviously 
surprise, surprise, we'd all taken the Chiefs, um, and we were all correct. Although at one point it did look as if that we were all going to be incorrect. Absolutely. And that was at the point where the Chiefs, for the <coughs> third Super Bowl that they were in, in a row, found themselves down by at least 10 points at one point um, going into the second half. But they, this time, as they were uh, against the San Francisco Potterhands, they were able to uh, turn it around and uh, manage to, uh, to to get the win and uh, the uh, third Lombardi Trophy of the uh, team's existence. Yes, the final score was a whopping 38-35 in favour of the Chiefs. Um, and it may be covered in the stats. This was uh, this was all uh, all off the back of a, um, a a field goal kicked with, I believe, eight seconds left in regulation. Um, a field goal, albeit, albeit given after a questionable pass interference call at around about the two minute warning. So, in almost immediately, they they put kind of put that one to bed in a way because the Eagles player in question was like it was pass interference I was pulling on his jersey I hoped to get away with it I didn't it was pass interference and I've seen that statement given followed immediately by the video and it's like I get that the guy who caused the penalty is like it was absolutely pass interference but I think I text our group uh, at the time that happened and was like, possibly one of the weakest calls I've ever seen. Like, especially when yeah. you look at some of the stuff that doesn't get called, that was weak. So, whilst I'd agree, I think in a kind of weird way, it made up for the blown call that they didn't get and in the that, first half. And that's what was said in the commentary. The commentary said, presumably they're making up for a call that they didn't call earlier in the game. Yeah, so, so it, it, like, it's obviously it's caused a lot of consternation on, on Twitter and for, uh, just social media in general. A lot of people have said that it's um, obviously like, they've done the standard thing of showing the MVP of the game, and it's not a picture of Patrick Mahomes; it's a picture of the ref that made the call. And stuff like that. The, one, the one I saw that was the one that I saw that I, that I chuckled was uh, the ref. And Patrick Mahomes swapping jerseys. I, I quite enjoyed that. I thought that was very clever. <laughs> that was um, yeah, that was a little bit interesting. So we'll, we'll, I'll just I'll just I'll just finish off our picks that we had last week. So like I say, we all had the Chiefs to win. Uh, the winning score was thirty eight thirty five in favour of the Chiefs. Um, I suppose technically, Stu was the furthest away. Has he gone 24-21? Um, so what's that? 45 points total. Mark had gone 27-20, so 47 points total. I'd gone 33-28, so 61 total. Andy was the closest with 33-30. So um, Andy and Stu were the closest in terms of overall score because it was settled by three points um, but Andy was the closest by overall points as he guessed at 63 I've given Andy the point 
or, or I've, I've circled his selection there. Not giving him the point, but he's the closest. So if it come down to a tiebreaker, he would have got the point there. Um, first touchdown scorer, um, I had Patrick Mahomes. Andy had Patrick Mahomes. Stuart, Miles Sanders, Mark had the Eagles defence. It was Jalen Hurts, so we all missed across the board there. The last touchdown scorer, I had AJ Brown. Andy, Stu and Mark all had Travis Kelsey. It was Jalen Hurts, uh, so we all missed the vote on that one. Um, the MVP of the game, Andy, Stu and Mark all picked Patrick Mahomes. They were correct in doing so. I had Travis Kelsey, sadly, didn't have the, uh, the monster game that a lot of people thought he would. Did have a big game was very, very important. There was a lot of uh, crucial third down catches that he made. There was one one such catch that I remember seeing where he scooped it oh, up on the turf, yeah. which uh, had, he, had he not done so would have uh, brought that drive to an end. So it was yeah. absolutely crucial at the time. Uh, but yeah, I'd say that he probably he was probably one of the the main offensive weapons on the, on the Chiefs as everyone expected him to be. And finally... The one that everyone came for, the winning Gatorade shower colour. We had guesses of orange from myself, red from Stu, yellow from Mark, and a truly inspired selection of purple from Mr. Andrew Cook, which was indeed the correct answer and netted him a delicious point on the board. So... From the podcast predictions perspective, I only got one out of six correct by picking the Chiefs to win the game. Stu and Mark both got two by picking the Chiefs and Mahomes to be the MVP. Andy had the Chiefs, Mahomes to be the MVP, and that winning purple shout, taking the three points and getting him the win from the predictions perspective. All that means is that when we come to the end of the season, for the post-season, the Andy and the guest tied on one point apiece. I do take the win, as it were, with two points in the predictions. All that leaves is week 22 of the side bet. Now, obviously, I keep, I keep hammering this and I keep mentioning it, but obviously it's the last one of the season. So it'll be the last time I get to mention it. This was something that Andy came up with right at the start of the season as a new feature and it it basically gave the full season extra credence shall we say as we got to a point where we each picked four games per game uh, four games per week where we thought we were guaranteed one or other of the uh, of the outcomes and we either got four points no points in between points based on that Got to the point where we got to the Super Bowl in an unbelievable situation where we were tied on 52 points each. Therefore, had to work out some way that we could pick either side and just have it that way. Because we both picked the Chiefs, we did the only fair, the only fair thing in the coin toss, which sadly Andy did lose, which meant that I was able to pick the Chiefs. Andy had to go with the Eagles. So therefore, winning the side bet Season one, if you will, with 53 points against 52 points, is Paul Williams. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. 
I take, I take the honour, not it's, it's not lightly. It's one of those things because I, I'm in no way blowing my own trumpet on this one, and I know that it's come up at various different points throughout the season where I was like, I honestly thought we'd get about four weeks in and just be like, well, Paul's got twenty points and I've got four, so it's going to take me. X number of weeks to get even in the vicinity. So how about we just knock it on there now, or we just forget about it, any of that? But it has added that little bit extra or something, and especially the way that the first time we've done it's landed that it went down to the very last point. If if I'm honest, I'd actually I knew it, I knew the situation. I couldn't remember the way it had gone, and I I knew you'd got the pick, but I couldn't remember which way you'd gone with it. And I was like, pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was a win, but I'll have to find out live on air. So there we go. Something to uh, to maybe hold on for next season. I'm not sure if there's maybe any tweaks required or the only thing. I'm not sure. The only thing that I felt was a difficulty to deal with week in week out was the weeks we had guests, where it was like, you can't play this bit. This is just for me and Paul. Go away now. Um, so I might have to take it a little bit back to the drawing board and just see if there's a way to that's what the off season's following isn't it making tweaks making changes that's that's what it's there for yeah so that's that's the predictions for the the Super Bowl itself Uh, in the intervening week between the two uh, between the uh, the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl we did have the um the NFL honours that were given out, and we did make a prediction on that at the beginning of the season, where any guests that came on the podcast, as well as myself and Mr. Cook, made our selections for the league regular season MVP. Absolutely. Now we had some we had some picks that were far reaching, and some that were uh, a little bit potentially out of the box, um, such as Aaron Rodgers to go three for three. On that one from Mr. Andrew Cook. Sadly, that was not the case. Um, we also had two picks for Josh Allen from uh, the JFG and Mark Wilkin. There was a Jalen Hurts selection from Matthew Two Teams Hurley. A Justin Herbert selection from Stuart Woodmansey. And then three guys had sensible ideas running through the head. It took Patrick Mahomes to be the league MVP of the season. That was Mr. Matthew Moore, Mr. Robert Rafton, and 50% of the podcast host, Mr. Paul Williams. So... Obviously, you don't get any points for it, but it is a correct prediction from the beginning of the season. Absolutely. So, myself, Mr. Robert Rafton, Mr. Matthew Moore, take a bow, lads. Just to wrap everything up, we also made our Super Bowl picks. We'd said last year, last week, that uh, Mark was the only one to get it spot on. He'd taken the yeah. Chiefs versus the Eagles. Ended up taking the Chiefs as a Super Bowl winner and taking Patrick Mahomes as the MVP. Oof. So, get the point there. Well, I guess it's a massive props there. Um, well done. Matt Moore also did have the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes with the MVP. So, take a bow. 
He's never against the 49ers, though. So, it is what it is. So, that's that's our predictions. That's our sort of thoughts, uh, or initial thoughts on the game. The stats has done a thing, aren't she, And she's provided us with some delicious stats to round up and then put a bow on the season. Uh, before we go into the stats, this will be the second opportunity for me to say to you, best game of football, yes or no? I'll still give the edge to the Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl, just because I believe there were zero, possibly maybe one punt in the entire game, whereas this one had a, a, a couple of punts. So. Yeah. There were, um, yeah. We we will discuss it further once we've gone through the stats. Um, I think that I think this is the Super Bowl I've been waiting for. This was the one where, when I look at my what I need for a Super Bowl checklist, all the boxes were ticked. As I, but especially by the end, I went. It's. It's the first year in a while. Again, again, potentially going back to the Eagles Super Bowl of last, where I've actually gone to bed happy. Um, you know, there are times where it's like, you know, when when the Patriots win again, it's like oh, I'm really glad I stayed up for that one. Um, but yes, as Paul mentioned, the stats mistress, she was on it. I mean, like. Like, like, like some kind of mad woman. She was like, "Do you need stats? Can I use the computer?" And within twenty minutes, half an hour, my inbox was full, and I mean full, because not only have we got stats, we're not talking one, two stats. There are eighteen stats, so you might want to strap yourself in, get a drink. Put put some you know put something comfortable on and brace yourself for, for the first nine stats. These are the stats for Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Now then, one of those things. Obviously, I can credit the stats mistress, but there is nobody else credited here on these stats, so I can't tell you where she got them. Uh, she might have made them up, for all I know. Who knows. But the first of the Super Bowl 57 stats looks a lot like this. Mahomes, 27, and Hurts, 24, represented the youngest starting quarterback duo in Super Bowl history with a combined age of 51 years, 337 days. The previous record for youngest Super Bowl guns came in 1985 when Joe Montana outdueled Dan Marino in Super Bowl 19. I saw a video at the weekend of Dan Marino doing backhanded throws, like throws from behind his back. It was like, they're, they're, they're pretty good. Number two, Mahomes surpassed Tom Brady as the youngest quarterback to start three Super Bowls. He and Brady are the only quarterbacks to start three Super Bowls in their first six NFL seasons. Very nice. 
Number three, Mahomes is the first quarterback since Brady in Super Bowl 36 to be selected Super Bowl MVP despite throwing for fewer than 200 yards. He also joins Brady among six players who have won Super Bowl MVP honours multiple times. Number four, Mahomes now accompanies Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, Emmett Smith, Bart Starr, Steve Young... And Warner as the seventh player to win the league and Super Bowl MVP in the same season. He's put the teeth back in there. Number five, the Eagles have now reached the Super Bowl four times, each with a different coach. Nick Sirianni joined Andy Reid, Dick Vermeil, and Doug Peterson. Number six, Chris Stapleton's outstanding rendition of The Star-Spangled Banner before kickoff brought Sirianni and, Ingle, and Eagles' Jason Kelsey to tears. There was, uh, there was a very close-up shot of, uh, of, of Sirianni and... Uh, Number seven. Who? This is a long one. Eagles defensive tackle and and Sue appeared in his third Super Bowl in the past past five seasons, but playing for the, his third different team. Los Angeles Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the other two. A role player for the first time in his 13-year career, the five-time Pro Bowler laid one quarterback hit on Mahomes during Sunday's action. Sue told USA Today Sports before the game, I may come off the bench, but I'm no bum. Eight is even longer than the last one, and it's all about the money. The NFL spent two years at a cost of $800,000 preparing the Super Bowl 57 field for State Farm Stadium. But that sod proved a bit shoddy. Players slipping throughout the game and complaining about the footing with many forced to change their cleats. Hertz had switched out of a pair of Air Jordan 11 Concords in favour of some green and black Jordan 1s that didn't have quite the same drip. Coincidence, the Eagles couldn't hold their 24-14 lead. I saw something about it that was saying that each day the, the field is like taken out into the desert to dry off. And then brought back into the stadium. This this came in with a, a video I'd seen about them rolling the field back in place. Um, but apparently in the process of it being dried off and moving it back into the stadium. It's picked up a load of like condensation and like dew on the ground and stuff. Which is why it was so slippy. Uh, my final stat. Mahomes is the only player to throw for at least 5,000 yards in the regular season and win the Super Bowl. That's it for me. I'll hand you over to my glamorous co-host for the rest. Well, before we do that, we may, we may wish to take a small commercial break 
to really reinvigorate ourselves, pep ourselves up, and come back refreshed to give the last of those stats and then have some comments on the game. So don't don't touch that dial. Set yourself down. We'll be back in a moment. Recording in progress. Apologies for that short musical interlude there, ladies and gentlemen. But we are right back at it. So, as we said, some uh, some stats from myself just to finish off and then we'll have a little, little brief discussion about the game as a whole. So, the Chiefs came back from a second-half double-digit haul both Sunday and in their Super Bowl 54 defeat of the San Francisco 49ers. We had mentioned it before earlier in the podcast that obviously it was the third time in the, well, I say the third time, third time in five seasons, I believe, when the Chiefs have made the Super Bowl and no, it might be the third the, the time in the third time in four seasons. Actually, quite. Um, but they've been in the Super Bowl and been down by at least ten points during the during the course of the game. No quarterback has more playoff victories through six NFL seasons. And don't forget, Mahomes was essentially redshirted during his 2017 rookie campaign. That is absolutely true. Um, technically, this is Mahomes' sixth season in the NFL, but he didn't play. He played one game in his rookie season, so we might as well not even count that. So, as a starter, he's never not made the AFC Championship game. Mm. Which, as a start, is utterly, utterly ridiculous. Yep. Philadelphia finishes the season with 42 rushing touchdowns, the most ever in an NFL season, playoffs include. Jalen Hurts is 18 rushing touchdowns and the most ever by a quarterback in one season, playoffs included. That was one of the things, I know we were saying we were getting into it, but that was one of the things that was concerning to watch. The number of times Jalen Hurts ran the ball on Sunday, it was like, hey, don't, don't, don't do that. It was a, it was a strange one. The, uh, the amount of times they had the, the sort of the the, third, the fourth down with one or two and they just and everyone was just like so this is the uh, this is this is the quarterback sneak uh, yeah it would yeah. appear so um, speaking of Jalen Hurts' three touchdowns on the ground Sunday established a new Super Bowl record for quarterbacks and tied the all time mark of Hall of Famer Terrell Davis Super Bowl 32's MVP for Denver and continuing, Jalen Hurts is 20 points on Sunday. Three touchdowns scored and a two-point conversion. Tyler Patriots running back James White's record from Super Bowl 51. Throwing his 304 passing yards and an additional touchdown. And solid argument that Hurts was indeed the best player on the field. That opened up the, uh, the interesting argument that you could have said, even though they lost the game, he was still the MVP. I know it's only ever happened once yeah. in Super Bowl history where a guy not on the winning team has been named the MVP. So you would have been surprised to have seen it happen. But I think there was definitely the argument that could have been made that he did deserve that honour. 
Uh, and again, Jalen Hurts is 70 rushing yards, broke Steve McNair's record, 64 in Super Bowl 34, for a quarterback in the Super Bowl. Conversely, the Eagles running backs combined for 45 yards rushing, 2.6 yards per carry. Not the best day for the Eagles' backfield. Super Bowl 57 was the first in 25 years to have both teams open the game with touchdown drives. Just two more from me. Running back Isaiah Pacheco and wide receiver Sky Moore found the end zone for Kansas City. The Chiefs joined the immortal 1985 Chicago Bears as the only Super Bowl team with multiple rookies to score touchdowns. And finally... With Super Bowl 57 in the books, it's never too early to look ahead to Super Bowl 58, the first ever scheduled to be staged in Las Vegas at the Raiders' Allegiant Stadium. Super Bowl Sunday on the strip could really be something else. And tickets for that will be absolutely ridiculous. Saw a, a video a few days before the Super Bowl where Bert Kreischer was saying he bought six tickets for the Super Bowl. Paid $125,000. And you don't get to find out your seats until the Friday. Wow. That's that. That's got, that's got to be some sort of court, brother. The, 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 the thing he was on, they were like, well, presumably you're doing the coin toss for that much money. You're on the field. You'll be handing the players their drinks. <laughs> uh, uh, from from watching his Instagram, no. No, he wasn't. He wasn't that close. It was interesting to see all the, uh, during the course of the game, it regularly sort of, the camera regularly panned to the... Uh, the celebrities that were in attendance, um, and it was yeah, it was there was a fair amount of uh, of interest as you would expect, um, and then uh, the camera obviously cut to um, Adele, uh, and then cue the memes of well, she's clearly only there to watch Rihanna, which was uh, quite interesting. Well, yes, did you did you partake of the halftime show? Or to use that as an excuse to uh, go and stock up on snacks, drinks, etc. So, every year, for many, many years now, that has been the point in time where I've gone and resupplied. Um, last year's halftime show was the one that I was actually interested in. And I felt somewhat let down by it. We had a conversation about this on Sunday and I was like, although on paper it should have been great, uh, I felt it was a bit of a letdown. Um, I can't explain why. I don't know the reason. It was potentially just pure laziness. But I actually watched the entire halftime show. I don't know why. It wasn't like I was sat there like, oh, it's Rihanna next. Or I was like, oh, I wonder what the... I just, I just sat, I watched it, I went... Not not sure how comfortable I was with the platforms, especially having seen the video uh, emerge of the guy that nearly fell off, or or lady, the person that nearly fell off, the dancer that nearly fell off. Um, that was like, uh, 
Uh, so it was a little bit, um, yeah. And uh, although there was points in it, it was like, oh, I recognise this song. Couldn't couldn't pick a Rihanna song out of a lineup. So it wasn't like I was there for that reason. I just, I don't know, morbid curiosity, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, so yes, for the first time in a while. Uh, I, I did watch the half halftime show. Did you in? Did you enjoy the halftime? Oh, I didn't. I didn't mind it. I, I'm, I'm the same as you. I, mean, I would class myself as a as a Rihanna fan in any way, shape, or form personally. But obviously, I'm aware of most of her sort of bigger hits and stuff like that. And it's always just an excuse to watch someone perform, I suppose, that you wouldn't otherwise mm. usually into it, I guess. Yeah, and, it, and it, it comes up pretty much every time that the the artist or artists do not get paid for the halftime show. They they supposedly get paid in exposure. I'm not entirely sure how much extra exposure Rihanna's getting, but good good, good <laughs> luck to her if she gets a couple more ticket sales out of that one. It's one of those things as well where you're obviously never going to put on an act that's like an up-and-coming band. It's always going to be an established artist. So you can you can kind of understand the the point of they don't need to get paid for it because they're at a point in their career where they've obviously made so much money that they're at a level <laughs> where they're, they're a big enough act where just playing the Super Bowl should be enough of a sort of a, a boon to them, as it yeah. were. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> So, was it the best game of football ever? Yeah, like, like I said earlier, I'll, I'll still give the edge to the um, the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl because of the no punts or the one punt or how it was. Or it took until at least the X minute of the third quarter or something like that for it to be a punt. But um, that, I, I, I believe off the top of my head as well, that game definitely to overtime but it was the second Super Bowl in a row that had gone to overtime like there would never been a Super Bowl that had gone to overtime until the the uh, Super Bowl 51 um, so I'd, I'd still give the edge to that one but this was another Super Bowl where if you'd have put a bet on for both teams to score points in every in every quarter you would have successfully won that bet so I see he's having a smile there ladies and gentlemen as a uh, would this would it be would it be comfortable to say that this was your most your most lucrative Super Bowl ever? Oh, absolutely! Absolutely. Having said, don't worry, guys. I've got this one. I'm going to bet on absolutely everything, and then it's going to be the first Super Bowl in history that goes down as a tie. Um, it, I, I've got to get this out because somebody's going to be like, somebody's going to say something at some point. So I've got to get this out there. When I bet, I bet big. Sometimes I even put twenty five p on. I am I am not afraid to put a ten p bet on. I I I you know I consider to be when we're talking big money, big money is is a whole fifty pence piece in my world. Um, I didn't break a ten pound note in my in my bets, uh, but as I shared with with our group uh, with uh, Paul and Matt and Stu. Uh, I was in the, I think I had four pages of open bets. I think it was 35 individual bets. And 
I knew something was going wrong where not long after the game started, I'd won money. And it was more money than I'd bet in total. And I went, oh no. Oh, oh no, this is this is bad. This is bad news. Something's going to go horribly wrong here. And then I had like a whole page of, of you lost this bet. But uh, there was a lot of a lot of wins. Um, teams to score in, in every quarter was uh, was a bet. Um, stuff like that. Um, as as we know, I I predicted a purple Gatorade shower. Uh, won money on that. You know, it's stuff like that. So it's as you said. The the for me the most lucrative Super Bowl. Um, a whole. Thirty English pounds better off. Um, and in case you're wondering, I have spent it already on uh, on drugs and hookers. Um, I mean, food. I was, was going to say, is this the point where we're supposed to say Cookiecast does not Cookie, the Cookie Cast does not support the actions of me? Any or all of its participants and guests. And, and, and the, the views of the participants, guests and hosts are their own and not supported in any way by Cookie Cast. Um, so, uh, yes, I, uh, the stats mission has called through to me. She was like, oh, you need to get your tickets sorted for next year's Super Bowl now. It's like, what? It's like, it's in Vegas. I was like, hmm. I imagine that will be one of the. I mean, I, I imagine there's there's probably people that go to the game every year that don't have tickets. They just go to the city, and will just find bars that are in the location, and they'll just watch it there. I imagine this will be the next level of that, basically. So obviously, Allegiant Stadium probably holds what. 60 to 70,000 people mm-hmm. that'll be the capacity but outside of that you'll basically just have an extra it might seem excessive but dare I say 100 to 200,000 people who might go and just decide well I'm just going to have a weekend in Vegas basically yeah yeah. I, I think 100 to 200,000 is, is a, con- a conservative estimate I imagine that Vegas is going to see one of the biggest weekends of their existence um obviously it's the first opportunity for vegas to hold a super bowl so it's gonna be big they've already unveiled the logo and everything it's like you know onwards and upwards um as far as things like social media like twitter's concerned the nfl is more active on twitter now than it was the week of the Super Bowl, like oh, it's not every other post is like this team has signed this coach, this team has picked up this player off the waivers. Here's what the Super Bowl logo looks like for next year. So it's just non-stop, and this is it because, like we were saying at the start, when you've got a minimum of a six-month off season to keep people's interest going through that time, you need that steady drip, drip, drip trickle of information to keep people even remotely interested. People have a very small 
attention span and to to say right we'll see you in six months but we want you to still be as interested then as you are now <sighs> difficult obviously i know it's not i know it's not the nfl but i suppose you've got the added bonus this year of the xfl launching in just over a week's time yep. so there is some football for people to to sort of like be watching and, and, and to take their interest and stuff like that. So it's not as if there's nothing now for the next six months. But it'll be interesting to see if it can start and not immediately be folded after like six or seven weeks or something like that. Because I think you've also got the USFL that's uh, going to restart for another season again as well. So it'll be interesting to see the uptake of how much interest there is for so, people to go watch the games and people to watch it on TV. So obviously, uh, he who shall not be named uh, Vince McMahon, uh, when he owned the XFL, um, that was basically it. Because it, 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 it had two goes round. Yeah, the, sec- the second go round was a bit unfortunate because obviously it was launched. And then the pandemic immediately hit. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. so they and, were very young during the time. And, and from what I know, there were people that were jumping on it, like celebrities and stuff. Um, I know a lot of the... Not the, a lot of the comedians I follow who are also in sports were getting in on it and were saying that there was definitely a place in the world for it because the rules are quite considerably different to NFL rules. Um, a lot of people were saying that they really liked like the team names, the team logos. Obviously, that with that comes merchandise. That from the, from the feeling that you got from it, it was very much it was finding its place in the world. It wasn't just NFL light or diet NFL or whatever. Um, then obviously, like you say, pandemic hit, and then um, Stu's favorite wrestler got involved, and not only. Made a big thing about purchasing the XFL. Very shortly after that, then announced a partnership with the NFL, where they will be using the XFL as almost like a. I suppose it's like the NXT version of the WWE. It's like a training ground for up and coming stars to then potentially look at moving on to the NFL. But by but being done in a public eye, so people can actually physically see the players that are coming up and going. Oh, he looks, you know, he looks good. He looks like he could go on and do more in the uh, in the NFL. The opportunity to see these players. So obviously, college football is a lot bigger in America than it is over here. So people have the idea of the players, um, but this is an opportunity to get to see those players in that slightly bigger setting. Um, and who's going to argue with more football, more opportunities to watch, um, that sort of thing. So, from our perspective, it's that time of the year where we get the big, the big trunk out, blow the dust off it, and start loading all of our toys back in the trunk for another year. The the ceremonial closing of the book. Um, as I said before, as I alluded to, um, I think it's the first Super Bowl in a little while where I've I felt quite spoiled in a lot of ways. I felt like I was like 
how how could you ask for better? The Super Bowl was the number one and number two going up against each other. Almost unheard of in a lot of ways. It was a dominant defence from the Eagles. Their defence was insane this season. Going up against a very dominant offence in the Kansas City Chiefs. It was it was either going to be, as I always say, 7-3 to three or big numbers. I think it I think we can all agree it leaned more towards the big numbers side of things. It was pound for pound at most points. You know, when it was 14-14, um, there was, you know, a fumble here and a, a missed field goal there, early doors. Um, not, I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about throwing out the ring of ring of roses at the Super Bowl. Just feel somewhat like we're not maybe taking it as serious as we should be. No, I think that that was that, that was always going to. As, as soon as this, as soon as they tried it in like the the week before or the the couple of weeks before, it was always going to be a case that it was going to where uh, it was going to it was going to get thrown out as an option at some point during the course of the game. Obviously, Mahomes getting taken down quite badly partway through the game. Um, I honestly thought he'd injured both ankles, if not his injured one. Um, that, that was a weird one, because obviously they, covered it, they, they, they mentioned it on the coverage, and were like, right, normal half-time, 15 minutes, or 13 minutes, I think it was like Greg Olsen said. Super Bowl half-time, at least 28 minutes or something like that. It was like, right, so you can look at it one of two ways. Either it's extra time for his ankle to heal, or it's more time that he needs to be keeping himself active so that yeah. he doesn't seize up. Yeah. But in the second half, I can't remember if it was the third or the fourth quarter, but there was one portion of the game where he where he must have done a, a, a rush of about 16 to 20 yards. And at no point did he look like he was like sort of limping on the ankles of that. So no. he must have been able to either run it off or just got an injection straight in there that just numbed everything out of it. And he was basically just literally just yeah, just just flopping around on it and stuff like that. There was, but, a, couple of, there was a couple of points where you saw um, Patrick Mahomes on the field, and I'd, I'd commented to a couple of people that we were watching with saying, like, he do, he doesn't look well. He looked he looked unwell at one point, and then obviously the comment came up about how much extra um, stuff would he have been using to get him on the field with an injury. Um, Funny you should mention Greg Olson. Uh, did see something today that I was like, whew, about Greg Olson uh, will be taking a 70% pay cut from $10 million down to $3 million when a certain Thomas of Bradleton takes his, essentially, job... When he steps into the commentating booth, uh, I imagine that's gone down real well. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't imagine that. I don't envision a, a scenario where people are going to be too happy about that because <laughs> Greg Olsen has come across like quite well in the sort of the games that he's done in the, in the years since he's been retired. He's probably been one of the better. He's like it's a bit, 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 probably weird to say that he's like the new Tony Romo. 
But obviously, like, Romo, when he retired and then took up the job in the commentary booth, sort of, like, was very popular at first. And then, obviously, like, it became a point. Certainly for me, if I know that he's on the commentary, I'd rather watch that game than any other. Um, and Greg Olsen was sort of getting to that point. He was very knowledgeable about what he was calling. He was very entertaining. Um, and obviously, this season had stepped up into the, the sort of the breaches, the main guy alongside Kevin Burkhart because Troy Aitman and Joe Buck had moved on to ESPN to do the Monday night coverage. Yeah. So them two became basically Fox's number one team and did a thoroughly good job, I mm. thought. I mean, it's a it's a it's a tough pill to swallow at the end of the day. From ten million down to three million, three million dollars is nothing to sniff at, and I imagine Greg Olson's not scrambling around the sofa looking for loose change, but no. it's still a kick in the freaking stones. Um, so I I don't want I don't want to be the I don't want to be that. That guy, but I'm I'm not sure that I'm gonna want to listen to Tom Brady talking week in week out. Yeah, but it, I, if, if you ask if you ask like a, a, a straw poll of people, would you ever be bothered about listening to Tony Romo ramble on? Not a lot, you know. Not a lot of people like the Dallas Cowboys, so it's not as if he was like you know Captain Popular when he got taken on by CBS, and he's proven to be. You know, exactly the opposite. Where people want to listen to him talk, so you never know if he's you know if he doesn't come across as a smug twat, then people might give him the uh, give him the benefit of the doubt. But if he's uh, if he's calling all the sort of the uh, oh well, if it was me, what so I would have as done. Soon as, as, someone throws, as soon as someone throws an interception and he just like chimes in with the oh well, you see, Tom Brady doesn't make throws like that. Tom Brady. Doesn't make that pass. I, In that situation, Tom Brady. I can only hope that he adopts the third person persona. That would be amazing. Can you imagine the people writing the checks going, What what is happening right now? Why is he talking about himself in the third person? Oh no, we've made a huge mistake. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Amazing. Anything else that you would like to cover from the Super Bowl that has now gone? No, not 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 particularly. I mean, at one point I actually said this to an Eagles fan I was watching the game with that the Eagles just could not stop Isaiah Pacheco. Like, he was kind of one of the main. I know, obviously, like Mahomes got the MVP and, and, and mainly got it for the the three touchdowns that he threw, but. Um, yeah, there was there was time where they were able to, where the the Eagles were getting certain stops on certain possessions and so like that. And if the Eagles, sorry, if the Chiefs weren't able to get going, they just went back to handing the ball off to Isaiah Pacheco yeah. and just letting him churn for uh, churn for yardage. It it worked, and the the Eagles had absolutely no answer for it at times. They were able to make a couple of tackles, but there was a lot of key downs where he was getting the yardage and he he was another one who uh, I, I think had a, obviously had an outside shot of being named the MVP because um, it, 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 was, it was vital yeah. to 
the the way that the Chiefs won that game, just in sort of grinding down the the Eagles' defense to keep the uh, keep the drives going. Um, and yeah, you just like uh, I, I said this before. I, I wanted the Chiefs to win because the more times that Mahomes got back to the game and lost. It goes against the argument that he can potentially go on to be the greatest of all time. Whereas, I think that Eagles team, if they keep the if they keep the nucleus of it together and just add bits here and there, you could see them getting back next season. Because I don't think the NFC is particularly strong. Um, the 49ers, depending on how they sort out the quarterback situation. Yeah, because they were they were talking a lot about like Jalen Hurts is going to command fifty million dollars from the Eagles, and if the Eagles know what's smart, they're going to pay it. Um, they're already talking very much in that uh, two like one two seasons ago Buccaneers that they want to keep that core team in place in the off season so that they can come back with it for another run. Um, and like you say. <clears throat> That is potentially enough to see them back in a similar position next year. Um, I'd seen a thing that was like um, already predicting the Super Bowl contenders for next year. And it was like Chiefs, Bengals, Eagles, 49ers. Um, Bills, maybe? Bills. I was going to say there was one of the Bills. Um, and again, it's very much a, there's, you know, Pretty much nothing there that you wouldn't argue with. I think the 49ers have got a lot of work to do to be in to 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 keep in remaining in that list. Um, but you know, the off season is the off season. A lot goes on in the off season, and a lot of changes are made. Some for the better, some for the worse. Um, so, like we keep saying, six months to see what that looks like uh, down the line. Um, for me. Great Super Bowl. Ticked a lot of boxes. Um, I I started it with, I honestly think, whichever team wins, I'll be happy, kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think I was, I think I was a little bit more. It, it's hard to it's hard to say truly, but I think I was a little bit more behind the Chiefs, like you say, for that for that greatest of all time kind of feel to things. Um, but if at the end of it the Eagles would have won I'd have been like yeah they had an amazing season they won the Super Bowl you can't argue with that so um, it, it, it was that for me it was the only the only winner in all of this is, is, is me because I get to see two great teams go up against each other two one great quarterback and one quarterback that's turned out to be a great quarterback two Great, you know, offensive lines, um, some good defense. It was it was just absolute box ticket exercise for the ages. Um, it, one of those. If every Super Bowl ends up being like that going forward, you know, if they can really lock in those scripts to get the best Super Bowl. <laughs> Speaking of, just want to give a little shout out to the uh, to the Chargers. Social media team for some fantastic shithousery straight after the Super Bowl. Absolute. Mm. If you've not seen it, jump onto the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers 
uh, Twitter, I imagine, and just check out what they threw what they threw out um, uh, the the day of of uh, the day after the Super Bowl. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. Um, I don't think I've got anything else. I think we've sort of put a bit of a bow on it, which ultimately is putting a bow on the season. And unfortunately, it is putting a bow on this season of the podcast. Some podcasts don't end, but unfortunately this one does. Season five. Five seasons. Me sitting and talking to you and other people about a sport. It's not from this country, is it? But hey, we do our best. Sometimes. Um, it's for me, my job here is to thank Paul for, for, for joining me week in, week out, for making the time, putting the effort in, doing the book, updating it week in, week out. Also to our amazing guests who also take the time out of their busy lives to join us week in, week out, to throw predictions at Paul to put in the book. To get us to this point of the season. We couldn't do it without them. And of course to our lovely listeners and watchers. Big thank you to you. If you weren't listening or watching. Then there really would be no point in doing it. That's it. There it is. The season. Join us in August, September time. When we'll be doing a a pre-season warm up. For season six of the Laces Out podcast, my word, we'll be old men by then. Uh, nearly a year will have passed. I'll have even more grey hair and, I don't know, I was going to say more children, but I think that ship has sailed. Uh, there we go. On that on that note, uh, it's well and truly goodbye from me. And, and and goodbye from my co-host with the co-most. Thank you very much, people. We shall see you next time. That next time will be in six months' time, but what can you do? Until then, take it easy. Unless you think you want an XFL podcast, at which point you need to get in touch with us on the Twitter, on, on the Insta, on the email, on the podcast. Um... YouTube channel and say, come on, is a you're leaving you're leaving money on the table not doing an XFL podcast. Come on. Right, there we go. Thank you very much, people. Thank you very much, Stu Paul, and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye. So there we go. That's it. Last one. Super Bowl's done now, kids. Season's over. Come back next season. It's only six months to wait. That's no time at all. (sighs) Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for being here with us. If you've been here from the start, thank you. If you've been here for more than one season of this, thank you. If I can ask you to do one thing before you go, it's to like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop reviews and check out the website, thecookiecast.com. We've got social media links, we've got email buttons, you can get in touch with us. Tell us what you thought to the Super Bowl. Did you like it? That's it for this one, and for this one, it is for this season. Come back next season. We'll be here, will you? Till then, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.
How awesome is that? So awesome. you got to like, share and subscribe.